So how are you guys doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah. Doing pretty good. Good yeah. weekend. Yeah, for the most part. How are you guys? We're doing good. We're flopping today. Yeah. I just got back into town yesterday. No for a day. I got a super queer looking um haircut from my friend Brittany. Thank you, you Brittany. It, you have it buzzed really short. She was funny. She was like, I've never used a one on you before. And I guess because it's usually a one and a half or a two. So it went it went kinda it went a little Oh, I use a one. Yeah, see, it's where twinsies. She did a we hell of a job. We all have the same haircut. <laughs> we all, we all, have, the, we all, we have, all have the same have, haircut. Yeah. Varying versions of the same haircut. That's really funny. Skin uh, short on the sides, all the way around. Yeah, to the skin, little stubble, and then you guys have floppage. But I cut my floppage off because it was just—I looked like I was perpetually uh, terrified. Like what, great Scott? When I would turn it into <laughs> like a. A thing, so I got a little bit more of a. It is totally, totally queer. I was even. It getting, looks cool. I was getting looks waiting for you to pick me up on the sidewalk from people in Venice. I'm like, why are you looking at me? We're in Venice. We're in the freak capital of the world. You know who didn't stare <laughs> at me? The two cool homeless people who walked past me with their strange, cool look. I don't know. They might not have been homeless. I don't want to be like judging people, but like they were just like, like gave me like the nod. They gave me like the what's up? Yeah, and I was like, hey. <laughs> So I felt accepted. I'm like, fuck you, normal people out there in the world giving me eyeballs. But thank you, Brittany. You gave me a wonderful, a wonderful do. Big ups, Brittany. She knows what I like. Um, I don't want to get us kicked off on a somber note, but I just can't. I'm, I'm not over this anytime soon. I don't think a lot of people are um, totally in um, good company with people who are grieving the unfortunate murder of uh, Nipsey Hussle this week. I just, I can't. It's just so senseless, and the more that comes out about how this went down, it just it it hurts so bad. Uh, Nipsey, you know his story is incredible. He came out of uh, the Crips. He did a 180 after going uh, to his homeland. His mother's from L.A. Uh, his dad is um, Eritrean, so he went there when he was 19, and he spent three months there and then he would like really started like visiting and getting into um Eritrea and what that meant it's a it's a country in the horn of Africa and he saw how you know black people were in charge there and he saw the culture there and he saw how people could lead and live their lives and so that changed him that's the dividing line in his life right so then he starts taking that positivity and putting it into his own life while still being you know nipsey still being himself he was born um i'm not i hope i'm saying his name correctly but i know his first name is armias and is it ashkadam i'm not sure but uh you know he he represented the eritrean people and that's why so many people are talking about this why they why congress is going to put into the record uh the works of nipsey hustle um he was changing things. He was turning things around and had turned things around in his community in Crenshaw. And he bought the strip mall where Marathon Clothing was. And he was helping a, a brother out who just got out of the pen for 20 years have um, get new clothes. And he's out there on a Sunday afternoon, opening up the store for this guy. A dude named Eric Holder rolls by. Um with two other people, they claim that they don't know, that didn't know he was going to do this. I guess they had a beef earlier in the day. We don't know what that beef's about. And he, he goes up to Nipsey and he shoots him. Shoots two other people there in the parking lot. They don't die. But And Nipsey, here's what we're hearing today from TMZ, is that Nipsey was down. And he mouths off, or he says something to Eric Holder, like, I'm good, you got me, man. I'm good. And Holder goes back over to him and shoots him several more times. Did he get shot in the head? He got shot in the head. That that last one was when Eric walked back wow. and shot him. So it wasn't a drive-by. No, he walked up to him in the parking lot wow. at the strip mall. So I don't fucking understand this. I don't think any of us are ever going to understand. This is a brother who was rising in the community, who was doing really good in the community. Like, he was... 33, man. Like, he had so much ahead of him to do. He was celebrated. He actually 
gave a new identity to Eritrea. And a lot of people who come out of that, you know, they get mistaken for Ethiopians or nothing against Ethiopians. Shout out to my Ethiopian people. But, like, they are their own thing. And he was bringing that out into the lexicon and proudly representing and then also working in his community in Crenshaw and had done so much good there. And then this just senseless bullshit, this beef that he had with Holder turns into him getting shot in the parking lot of the store where he's trying to help somebody else out. I just... I can't, I still am just reeling from it. And you want to be mad, but you don't know it who. You know, and then Holder's being represented by Chris Darden. I mean, I know he needs an attorney, but I'm just looking at Chris Darden going, what are you doing? Of course, there's a joke out there. Chris Holder's going down. I don't know if anybody remembers OJ. Mean joke. It's probably not the time to be making this joke, but it's like, I really, I think we all need Eric Holder to tell us what the fuck is it in your head that makes you think that this is going to solve anything? You know? I don't, it happens all the time in America. I'm not saying I'm naive to it. It just, this one doesn't make any fucking sense. And this one is going to hurt for a long, long time. You know, it's like people still talk about Tupac and Biggie. They still talk about, you know, there's there's the greats. There's Martin Luther King and there's those powerful people. Um, but this was for this generation, for the millennial generation. This is somebody who was representing in the here and now and was a living, breathing leader. Imperfect, absolutely. And that's what made him great is that he knew the life. He knew the fuck-ups. He knew all of the flaws of the world and was still offering a new path in a new way. So I don't know. Just fucking pointless. And I don't understand. But I just, I'm thinking about, you know, his kids and his wife, Lauren, and his, his brother, uh, Samuel, and his parents, you know, everybody out in the, the family. I don't know if his parents are still living, um, but just his family. And then, and then his home community there in Crenshaw and, just grieving for this whole situation. It just sucks. Fucking sucks. Just come on now. Don't want to get on a soapbox about it. Um, just wanted to make sure that we represented uh, Nipsey and uh, talk about him for a minute. Uh, now let's talk about uh, <laughs> fun, silly stuff. There is no transition out of that. There's no, we don't go to commercial breaks on this thing yet. <laughs> yeah. But that was my uh, whole thing there. So, uh, I, can we talk about last night? What happened last night? Big thing happened last night. I love it. Kick and Harrington hosting SNL. Can you just without a beard? Without a beard, it was weird. His nose. I was just strangely distracted by his nose. I mean, I know I know, I know a lot of dudes' penises nose look like penises, but I just can't look at a kid's nose going. It's like a schmeckle. Anyway, <laughs> I'm with Rose Leslie. I just can't wait for him to grow the beard back. Um, I mean, he's cute, but. He's probably sick of it, though. He's been king of the north for a while. He's probably like, I just need to let some sunshine hit my hair, my yeah. face. <laughs> I'm tired of living under this beard. I would I would probably shave it off, too, and keep it off for a while. Uh, don't you know that the day that they announced that Kit Harrington was going to be hosting, that Leslie Jones' head just exploded? She probably, they could probably just hear her screaming from her apartment and losing her mind. And every, and every sketch that they were in together... I was just looking at Leslie. She's probably just tripping out. This is a woman who sits on her couch and screams at Game of Thrones and yells at Jon Snow all the time. And now, like, in standing in front of her, a lot of the sketches were made even funnier for me because she was just tripping. Have they ever? That was so great. Have they ever had a, a Game of Thrones um, actor on SNL? <sighs> Don't Didn't test. Peter Dinklage host? He probably did. Point? Yeah, Dinklage has been in stuff. Yeah. Uh -huh. I don't know that, that anyone else has. But this is definitely like Jon Snow's or uh, Kit Harrington's first time. I would think so, yeah. And yeah. you know, what what I know about Kit, just from the stuff that he's done in between Game of Thrones, is that he's up for anything. He'll do anything. Oh, yeah. He was on board for every single one of those skits he was in. He it was just, just like all in there. Just <laughs> the weirdest, kinkiest shit they would come up with. He's like, all right, I can do that. Yep. Great. And I love that he spent his uh, monologue, this one monologue was wonderful, 
for many reasons, but one of the th- he led with all of the horrible things he's been in, and I was just like, I loved him for that. I loved how self-evasing he was about his career, and then yeah. I love the cast member who got up and go, "Bitch, I am not here <laughs> for <laughs> the jokes. <laughs> what happened? Who wins Game of Thrones? Who wins Game of Thrones? I'm not here for sketches." <laughs> and then he gets, yeah, he gets, uh, he gets let off. He goes, "Oh, welcome to a PR nightmare for you, buddy." <laughs> Uh, yeah, there was some, but what we loved about this monologue is we got treated to a star-studded um, appearances, a bunch of cameos in the monologue. It was great. Yeah, let me just play the the bit with Amelia Clark. Here it is. <laughs> Look, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not revealing how the show ends. Well, all right. Could you just give us a general? <laughs> Wait a second, Amelia, you're in the show. You know already. Well, yeah, but, you know, I forgot. I mean, it's been so damn long since the last season. Plus, a lot of my scenes are talking to a dragon, which is just a tennis ball on a green pole. So, I've no idea what's actually happening. Well, I'm sorry, but you'll just have to wait and see in a couple of weeks, then. All right, fine. Oh, hey, do you remember in season six when we had sex? Uh... (laughs) Yes, I do. Did you know they filmed that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There was just all that? of those jokes were funny. I liked her jokes. I liked Sam uh, Johns, uh, who plays Sam Tarley. I loved his stuff. I love Pete Davidson as the Night King. Uh, yeah. I love the whole Hogwarts group there, you know. So what do you think about Dumbledore? And, oh, just they had all come the Come on, guys, let's there. go. Yeah, come on, let's get out of here. Some really funny stuff there. So that was probably one of the strongest monologues. And probably one of the strongest episodes uh, of the season, I want to say. I love Jason Momoa being yeah. on there. So, again, okay, we're just totally overlooking that. He is the other cast member from Game of Thrones. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's, that's right. right. So he was getting that. Did his little Cal Drogo on that, too. So Leslie Jones is having a good year. Yeah. She's getting all of her Game of Thrones people on. Well, she, that just needs, uh, she just needs Amelia Clark to come back and host. The um, the Bachelorette party one, she just lost it. She was losing it she when he came out to the burlesque. She was just sitting here going, I need to pinch myself. I'm sitting here and Kit Harrington, or probably in her mind, Jon Snow is Jon Snow is here. <laughs> she is my favorite thing about Game of Thrones. Like I'm going to watch the episode, and then I want to watch her watch the episode. So I don't know how, like, no one's paying her. She does it in her own time. So that's what I, I love about it. It's great. Yeah, there were a lot of great skits. I loved the, uh, I think my favorite one was the video game. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where Pete Davidson's trying to get oh to the weapons room. And everyone's just like, is Damien mad at me? <laughs> like he's mad at me. <laughs> I'm just going outside without a gun. <laughs> ah, what's up with Damien? And yeah, that was probably it's great. Probably the most well-executed sketch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like. I love John Mulaney's uh, sketches when he was on because there was a lot of those. You know, he used to. He was a writer on the show for a long time, so a lot of those landed. This one, it was the best use of a host that I've seen in a while outside of probably Jason Momoa. They just took his big, great, bounding, big floppiness and went let's throw him and stuff. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'm game." And Kit was game for everything, too. So it's great when they're, like, totally game to, to rush in and just, like, be a part of it. Duplication spell. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nerds. <laughs> oh, yeah. The nerds were really funny. He was a good nerd. Yeah. Uh, he was the great doctor playing. And, again, Leslie Jones with the long fingernails and the hole. <laughs> there was just some really funny moments in this one. So if you haven't seen SNL, uh, also you should see the spoiler tag. But if you haven't seen it this week, you should watch it with Kit Harrington. It's really funny. Uh, what's next on your list? Um, I just want to get this out of the way real quick because I don't have a lot of strong feelings about it, but it kind of happened. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the Walking Phoenix Joker trailer dropped. A um, lot of <laughs> mixed feelings. I'm at this point. I'm kind of just like, okay, like, yeah. It's yeah. I I feel like I've seen this movie before a little bit. Uh, it's fine. Another Batman thing, I guess. Yeah, I guess we're still doing that. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of like. Well, here's okay. Okay, so I hadn't. I'd been putting off watching it until just before we did the podcast, and I guess here's the thing. I this movie is not for me, and I know it's not for me, and not all movies have to be for me. 
I, I recognize that, you know. Um, but what feels weird about this movie is it feels like it's 2003, 2004, early, latest, 2007. I mean, like, we've seen Joaquin be weird and freak out. I mean, just, if you want to see him be weird, watch The Master. I mean, he's already, he, or watch any film, really, but watch The Master. He, like, totally gets to be super weird and at the hands of um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, also with a small role by Rami Malek. Uh, so, like, that's, but, but to <laughs> Academy watch. Academy Award winner, Rami yeah, Malek. Academy Award winner, <laughs> Rami Malek. I'm like his mom. I had to say it. Uh, so, BAFTA award. Okay. Anyway, so you see him like being the weirdo. Okay. So mom is in the in Arkham Memorial, and he goes in and like he's being bullied on the street, and he's getting kicked in the subway, and he's a clown spinning a sign, and there's a lot of uh, homage to John Wayne Gacy, and he's trying to be a stand-up comedian, and it's like all of this just kind of. I mean, we've seen, you're right, we've seen this movie so many times. Dude gets kicked in the teeth, dude totally freaks out, and then he becomes the Joker. And he gets, you know, jokes on you, bitch, I'm crazy and weird. And I guess here's my question. I know this movie is not for me, but who is it for? Is it for people who are just die hard? I miss Heath Ledger fans and weren't quite cool with Jared Leto, or we love Jared Leto, but this is good too. I just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't necessarily feel like it's for uh, comic book lovers either. Yeah, Um, right? It feels like the kind of movie that really pretentious film buffs make video essays about. Sorry, I said it. I just feel like I've seen a lot of tweets like, yeah, Joker's going to be the sleeper hit of the year. It's going to be underappreciated, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, maybe the movie isn't meant for me either. I don't know. I don't... and. Weird to say, because I, I, I enjoy Batman. I have no uh, no real drive to go and spend money and see this movie. I, I have I, yet to enjoy Batman, though. I mean, here's the thing. The Batman of the comics can be cool. I, I loved uh, Adam West Batman on TV, the campy version that's really high drag, in my opinion. I love it. It's great to, to go back and look. But if, like, a Batman that pops on now, Christian Bale doing this for how many goddamn movies no nope no 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 no. i don't care how good the joker is i just don't want to see him grunting through anything also i'm not a huge christian bell fan but that's just me I, I just find him to be not a very humble person and he annoys me but you know i'm sure people who love him they thought he was great as advice and they think he's great to each his own i think that's awesome but just for me and like they've never done batman right i'm just so distracted by the actor in the plastic suit Val Kilmer um, probably bothered, bothered me the least. Keaton was Keaton in a bat costume. Uh, Clooney. I couldn't get over the fact that he was Clooney. And then Affleck. Yeah. Affleck just, oh, God. I, like, when I saw that, I was like, I'm done. It just turns me off of any of the Batmans. I, fi- I find him very uninteresting in this sense. The only time I've really been of late in the Batman story is Baby Bat in Gotham. You know, kind of watching that struggle has been interesting. It's put some layers on it. It's given me something to think about. And it's been fun. He made Batman kind of fun. You know, mm-hmm. and then you, you, then him and Alfred make it even cooler. I don't know. I just kind of like that sort of treatment on it. And if you're going Jokers, I love Cameron uh, Monaghan's Joker. He, he at least jumped the tracks and took him away from the the Joker that everybody's trying to replicate after Ledger and jumped the tracks yeah. and made Joker something else with more of a heart and soul and made it his own. This just seems, I don't know. This just seems like they made it 10 years ago and they just found it and they're releasing yeah, I, it. I mean, in a, in a way, again, me playing devil's advocate, I can see the, the appeal or the 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 appeal of the of the concept to make a movie about a character who has no solid origin story, so it leaves a, a lot up to interpretation, mm-hmm. and it is a beloved villain character in pop culture for sure. I'm just the timing of it. It just it just doesn't work for me because we're like in the middle of such an influx of just Batman stuff left and right, Batman stuff up and down, like Batman stuff sideways. Like there's just so much, there's 
it's overwhelming, at least for me. I'm not going to speak on the behalf of general audiences, but at this point, you kind of can't help but feel like you've just seen it all. Yeah. Would it be any different if it was a different actor other than Phoenix? As a Joker? As a Joker. I don't know that it's the, the actor. I mean, I, I think Joaquin is a fine actor. I think he's he's got chops in him. He can be amazingly brilliant. And then he's kind of like, you know what he's like? He's kind of like, uh, oh, my God. Who's the actor? Oh, man, I just totally blank. Willem Dafoe. He's like Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe will turn up for a lot of things. I think about... 50% of them are horrific and just like, what the fuck is happening? And then there's times when he's just brilliant and amazing and he can play all kinds of things. I think that man is very, very talented. And I think Joaquin's the same way. I guess for me, what needs to change is this take on Joker. Ledger did it. Stop. Stop. Stop doing that Joker. That has been nailed. It's like trying to win that thing after it's already been won it's already been the button's already been pushed <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i mean i'm gonna push it again so i don't understand why we keep going back to the same well of another actor's take on it and calling it something new that's what feels dated to me you know do something fucking different surprise us now i haven't seen the film it's just a trailer it's i'm not saying it's gonna suck I think it'll take a while for me to get around to it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not pissed off at it. I just, I guess I'm just kind of scratching my head and going, what am I looking at? Do you know? Yeah. Just do something different. You know, that's why everybody's asking for like a black Superman or, you know, let's try a different take on it or a different screenplay or a different angle. Let's come at it from a different thing. Audiences seem to be digging different these days and a take on it just because we want we've already seen it we've already seen that same fucking thing over and over and over again here i am to save the day it's like can you just be something else that's why i think mm -hmm. we all loved uh ezra um, miller as the flash he seemed like he had issues and i was like oh this is cool i liked that and the box office numbers are even showing that when it's different they make a. I mean, the bottom line is to make the money. Then that's where that's the that's where the secret is. That's the the recipe right that's there. That's what I'm saying. Make it different. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, try it. Give it give it a shot. Give it a shot. <laughs> I was throwing out names like Johnny Beauchamp, who played uh, the trans character in Penny Dreadful. Go there, Michael uh, Pena. Go go there. Go Pena. Go uh, um, Omid. Abdahi from um, American Gods, who plays the Jinn. I don't know. Uh, try who else did I say? You said Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed. Let's go there. Go, uh, go completely. Go Lakeith Stanfield as the Joker. That dude. I feel like something Lakeith could just put his jaws on this and make that character completely wacky. Yeah. And unhinged, because Lakeith is just he, he's weird and awesome like that. That's what I love about him on um, Atlanta, yeah. and just him walking around in the world. He's awesome. So why not go there? I don't know. I mean, they're still gonna keep making Batman shit. So I'm just saying, guys, you want me to cast your Joker for you? Call me. Totally I don't think free. I don't think it's too much of a risk either. To, no. to do that. Mm-mm. No, it's you know? not. That's on the board right now. And normally this is how Hollywood works. They'll see something be successful and now like they're making every biopic ever. They're making all the biopics. Everybody gets a biopic. Yeah. If you've had a band in the 70s or 80s, you're getting a biopic now. You know? Madonna wants to direct hers. Yeah, but in, in this case, it's, it's weird because I don't... Where is the... What is... <laughs> what am I trying to say? What are they trying to replicate? Because, I mean, like, Batman material hasn't been that um, successful, I no, guess. I mean, the Dark Knight yeah, trilogy exactly. did pretty well, but exactly. how, Batman how, vs. Superman wasn't received great. Justice League wasn't received great. Did Suicide, Suicide Squad definitely wasn't received. Yeah, so I'm that just like, tanked. Uh, and again, here's a guy doing a, a more amped up, like, I'm going to do Heath Ledger's Joker on meth. 
dude, just your the, the baseline of this has already been fucking done. So yeah. try something else. Get another agent, screenwriter. Just put your head on in a different way. And then, you know, mix it up. I'm not saying he has to be black. I'm not saying he has to be, but does he have to be this? I think a, I think a perfectly normal pharmaceutical salesman as the Joker would be a hot, a whole lot fucking scarier than green-haired, you know, crazy. Who says he has to be a clown? Yeah, I'd like to see a take on the Joker that doesn't rely so heavily on this cosmetic side of it. Again, it's like, you know, this is my problem with Depp. I've loved Depp for a long time, and I know there's some chops inside that guy's body, but stop doing fucking drag and just show up and act, dude. Just stop putting the shit on your body and just, you guys are so much better than this, and just walk out there and just be a normal guy. i got to tell you, one of the scariest movies I've seen, I don't know if it holds up, but um, Jeff Goldblum. Did this movie. I probably talked about this on the podcast a long time ago or a previous podcast. Mr. Frost. He plays the devil. And he plays Mr. Frost. He plays the devil in this most normal way. And he doesn't, he's not, hasn't uh, learned all those gold bloomian things yet. He's not doing Jeff Goldblum in a movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Mr. Frost. Probably hard to find. I want to say 80s. It is disturbing. Because he just plays the devil like a fastidious OCD kind of gentleman of the castle. He, bur- he, he, he bakes perfect cakes, decorates them perfectly while he's telling some hideous thing to this guy. And then he just pushes it off into the garbage can when he's done. That's fucking spooky. So this da-da-da thing I'm crazy. Like we've already fucking seen this, dude. I just, you know, just, you know, I'm just like, uh, I'm good. I'm good. So it'll be a minute before I see it. I'm sure he'll be, I'm sure Joaquin in this role doing the homage to Ledger, I'm sorry, that's just what it is, is going to be watchable and good and it's going to make some money for this picture. But I don't think it's going to be a, the blockbuster that they want it to be. People are already rolling their eyes. Yeah. You know. But if you love it and you love Joaquin and you love the Joker, I know. I can go pound sand. Copy that. <laughs> um, let's go to your thing. Lord of the Rings? What are you watching Lord of the Rings for? You were like saying this is disturbing. I want to understand your mind. <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up because this is what I, what I did uh, when I was sick earlier this week. Um Lindsay and Harley wanted me to to finally watch the Lord of the Rings, so I did. So I watched, I watched the the first movie sometime last year, <clears throat> and then I watched the second and third movie all seven eight hours combined, long ass movies. Um, I liked it. It was great. It was interesting to see the similarities with uh, Game of Thrones. You know, we know that uh, obviously George R. R. Martin was a huge fan of Tolkien. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I you know the similarities with the mythology and like the made up languages that was great. Um, I mostly just wanted to talk about. I was watching the the behind the scenes featurettes, and the absolute madness that was the post production process for Return of the King. Um, I just thought it'd be funny to bring out because it was you're literally watching them talk about it and you're like having like chest pains. Like, they're essentially what was going on is they fell so behind schedule that all of the post-production offices were trying to work on a film that didn't have a locked picture. (laughs) So Howard Shore, the composer, was trying to score a movie of a scene that can change at any moment. So he would sometimes compose for a scene, he would record it with the orchestra, and the next day they would have to go back in and re-record the same scene because they took out like two seconds of it and it just messed up the timing. So he had to recompose on the spot and then recorded again. Why? And sometimes they would be, the orchestra would be at the, the sound stage until four in the morning. I, okay, so I don't, okay. Do we know the bigger picture of why this was a fuck busket, a bucket? Like, why was it? It was the shooting schedule. They just, they just went way beyond, they were supposed to wrap up 
principal production at a certain point and they just kept going. Why don't I believe that Peter Jackson was like a guy who was like Hitchcock who walked around with like a, a book and it was all buttoned up. But a, a lot of anim- animals did get killed making Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> it was it was kind of crazy. And uh, I mean, aside from that, uh, you saw like sound mixers trying to put in sound effects for not even actual shots. It was just the pre-visualizations they did with cards that said hammer hits ground. And then they'd try to to have to time that. And then the visual effects people would have to try to time that with that. But then the scene would change. So they would have to go back. And it was just insane. At one point, everyone was working on the film for 40 hours, 48 hours straight. They were in the screening room trying to mix this film as scenes were taken out, put in, and they submitted the film four days before the premiere. What? Get that overtime. Wow, that's Yeah, they were supposed to turn it in at the end of of October, and they were still mixing in by mid-November. Okay. And they submitted the movie four days before the premiere. What was the budget on this film? Do we know? I can look it up for you. So you got a budget. I mean, that's costing you. I mean, post-production is, it's all expensive. Post-production can be very 94 expensive. Million 94 US. million to make it. Yeah, but I don't know if that's for uh, in, adjusted for inflation. <clears throat> so then, how much does it gross? What's your box uh, office? I mean, like to today, just, just take it from. 1.12 billion. Okay. So there, you know, that's a drop in the bucket, really. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, <laughs> that's like a spit in the bucket. But then, does it does it feel like it to you? Like when you watch it, do you see that chaos? I don't remember. No, you know, it feels like that's the crazy part. Together. Yeah, it, yeah, it did, yeah. No, that's the crazy part. Everything everything seemed great. Like everything was rendered nicely. Everything fit. It was great. And then to to see the absolute madness, uh, there was this one gag that Peter Jackson was doing a press interview. There were rumors that the film wasn't going to be out on time. And so Peter Jackson told this interviewer, everything is under control. And someone at one of the visual effects houses saw that in a newspaper. So they printed it out and made a bunch of coffees. And and it just said, everything is under control, Peter Jackson. And they posted it, like just taped it on the walls everywhere at the post-production offices. Wow. So it was... All of this to say, um, I just have a newfound appreciation for the people that that work on these kinds of movies, and I'm sure it's not the only story of something like this happening. It really isn't. I mean, like, I knew a lot of guys in post, and I had friends who worked on Pirates of the Caribbean, the first three movies. My neighbor, uh, when I lived over uh, on the other side of Santa Monica, my neighbor worked on, um, what was he? He was a, he was a, a visual effects guy, but he mostly specialized in, like, texturized like he did hair and fur and mm-hmm. he would do some other textured environments, but it was all this tedious stuff. And this guy, like he literally, I think his wife just moved in with us. Um, like I, you know, I was, she was a school teacher. They didn't have their kids yet. She said, we're not going to have our kids anytime soon until they stop making these fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And <laughs> he would just be, you know, at work over Maya, just like ah, making hair. And then they had to go in and fix an actress's face and do some things that I can't talk about. Shouldn't be talking about it at all. Anyway, I don't know them anymore. I can't get anybody fired. The movie's already been made. But like the, they had to like fix some imperfections in someone's face. And like they do this with hands a lot of times with vain actors who want to... Because you show your age in your hands and you go out to take things out and stuff like this. So it was just, you know, after they thought they were done. They thought they were done. And then there was this big, you know, we got to fix this. We got to make her look like a doll. And we got to look. And he would just like, it was 17 hour days in post. And I was like, and then they had to go back in and shoot something and blah, blah, blah. And then I had their friends like on low level movies like Charlie's Angels. Somebody like shot the green screen in such a way that they lit it that green bled into the hair during this big car fight thing and like a little convertible car. And they had to paint mm-hmm. the green out of every single fucking three actresses on the. Isn't that like rotoscope? Yeah, or something it like was that? like fucking nightmare. Oh my God. So that was just like one of those things. So you'd hear about these guys just, you know, taking back acne out of a dude's, and it's like it's just part of it. So it it is, but 
I had, I had thought, and again, I don't know any post people right now in the moment. I, I would thought that it had just like maybe just magically had calmed down, but I guess it doesn't. I mean, that is a long time ago. I mean, that's what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago now? Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah, something like probably that. the technology back that was, you know, used back then is probably like a breeze now. They're probably pushing yeah. something something else. Cause it, now it's a whole another nightmare. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something new. Because the technology was changing even then. Like, this was when I first came here back in 2002, the, all of the Viz effects machines were starting to change. You know, you were going from Henry to Smoke to Flame to then Maya and then whatever is out there now. And like, everything kept changing. And yeah. so the new kids were coming up and they were getting the jobs. And the old timers were getting like $125 an hour. And the kids were like, I can do it on Maya for 30 an hour. Pfft, there you go. I'm like, oh shit, everything fell through. Then the writer's strike, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that, that big expensive technology is now like an app on your phone. It is, you yeah. know, and there's people who are like, you know, yeah. Colbon Fortran used to be able to know that to like make computers work. And now it's like, <laughs> any monkey with a phone could be president just typing on Twitter. Feces. <laughs> so, yeah. Can I can only imagine. When I hear stories like that, though, it just makes my eyeballs bleed because I would just have spent so many long days and nights in post and you come out because it's like a cave and you come oh, yeah. out and you're like <sighs> at the sun or even the moon seems bright you're like <clears throat> you just come out oh uh, yeah and you've there were there were definitely tears and minor breakdowns for sure i can yeah. imagine people just probably like but i wasn't making like this i wasn't making like lord of the rings yeah. i'd be working on like some country person's music video who was popular at the time but i was just like it was three minutes of hell well it took us two and a half weeks to do a goddamn fucking music video now nobody watches those nobody cares yeah one one thing that terrifies me after a project is if i get an email from the post guy from the post guy or like i always dread what like, the fuck were you doing will, out there? I will get that email. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, but see, the po and here's where the po and I, I'll take up for post all day long until they don't understand what goes on in the field. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not, you're not busting rocks. You're just in the dark and it's long hours and there's food there and you're sitting a lot and all that kind Air of stuff. But <laughs> you're not like, you're not rolling around in needles. You're missing your family maybe. Yeah. You're doing a lot of things, but then the guy on the field is standing there under, you know, like the flight pattern of a major airport. And people are like, can you hear that? Yes, bitch. Everybody can hear that. And then the <laughs> post guy goes, you have you have all this stuff in your. Yeah, bitch. We were the, the, they chose to put me. That's where I start going. I've had a lot of uh, I've defended a lot of uh, sound guys to post guys. All day long. There's no Gandalf microphone. Even before I met you, I was yelling at post guys. My and I would be a post supervisor and a post producer. I was a good one. I know people hate post supervisors and, and post producers, but I was a good one. I understood, but I always took up for you guys. I'd always be like, Yeah, you get your ass out of this fucking air conditioned, cushioned room and stand with your hands over your head for these long ass fucking takes. So, yeah, 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 <laughs> um. No, but yeah, I didn't know that about this. I thought were the other two like this? No. No, not not really. Um it really was them just just falling behind on the production schedule. Crazy. Um was this the last one or the first one? <clears throat> the the last one. And this film had 1500 visual effects shots, which back then was staggering. Was something yeah, cuz the first first Lord of the Rings had like 440 Second one had like six hundred something, and this one had fifteen hundred. Whereas in um, like what a Marvel movie, that's that's the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, Infinity War had twenty nine hundred visual effects shots yeah. and eighty regular shots. <laughs> he knows. That. Yeah, I'm just saying he knows that. But like when I you like you, when interviews. you're when you're <laughs> when you're on a you know a stage, and you it's just you know green screen all the way around you, and then. You, you're standing on green blocks and you're trying to, you know, act on just, just there's no reference of what you are, where you are. Right. I mean, like the whole, the whole scenes are VFX. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it's crazy. One day they'll just have the actors go in and stand in a room and they'll mocap everybody completely. And then the actor will just, that'll be it. 
They'll hot be hard for a day. There were constant pickups and reshoots. At one point, uh, Peter Jackson was in the middle of post-production and he was like editing a scene with Gollum or something. And he's like, there's just one, th- one thing missing that I want to get. So he invited Andy Serkis over for tea under the guise that they, they were just going to have tea. And then at some point he was like, um, do you mind just uh, filming this thing for me really quick? Just on my little camcorder so I can sit it over. We're just missing one little thing. So it's literally um, Andy Serkis on like his Peter Jackson's like really nice carpeted stairs, like acting out a scene in Gollum's voice that the visual effects people then had to use as reference for Holy the film. Shit. Like crazy th- stuff like this. Oh, wow. I don't know what to think about that. They were still shooting the movie after they had won the Oscar too. <laughs> wow. Cause they were doing, they were doing the extended cut. So they were still, Filming after they had won like 12 Oscars. Do you think that's what broke Peter Jackson? Because I tried to watch that Mortal Engines thing. Oh, God. It was just... It's horrible. I have to go back and finish it, though. That's probably not fair. I should never say things about stuff until I finish it. But I, the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh, God. I love the concept of it. Like, you're getting attacked. Like, London's battling with Japan. I thought that was hilarious. Or not, no, whatever city. London's battling with Tokyo. I don't know what the other cities were. It's like some small farming town. Right. In a little rover. Right. So it was like like an interesting concept. I was like, okay, I'll come along for this journey. But I was like, I think think he kind of got it all out of his system. And then it was like, "Mm, I don't know. Yeah, apparently, because the the Hobbit movies, I guess, didn't do as well as... uh, what studio was that? I don't know. Um, that's just what I hear from literally every Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, the first, the first. I like the Hobbit movies, good. though. Yeah, I, I like the Hobbit movies. Well, yeah, it's weird because the the main criticism that Lindsay and Harley were telling me is that they they rely too heavily on on CGI and the old movies used like prosthetics and makeup. And I'm like, I'm watching a guy on this featurette like shoot a bow and arrow without an actual bow and arrow. So I'm like. I mean, there's there was still that going on. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Huh. But yeah, they wanted Vigo Mortensen with the long hair. See what happened to your Vigo Mortensen. See what <laughs> happens. Time, nothing, yeah. nothing kicks your ass harder than time, or whatever uh, Davos said. Um. Okay, so let's talk about. Okay, there's all this. Uh, hate out there for Captain Marvel, um, which I don't really understand. Again, there's people who like to stand in front of the big, huge thing that everybody loves and goes, it sucks. What's the box office at now? <laughs> oh, just a chill $1 billion. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the movie, I called it, by the way. You did, uh, actually. Captain Marvel soared past the $1 billion mark this week. Um, awesome. proving a lot of people wrong. Yep. Um, no, good for them. This is this is awesome. One of the few Marvel movies that actually surpassed uh, one billion dollars. Don't you? Uh, but but isn't there a superhero fatigue, Andre? Well, speaking of the the crippling pandemic of superhero fatigue that is so prevalent in our society. Yes. <laughs> uh, the pre-sale tickets for Avengers Endgame went on sale April second. And managed to crash every major uh, site that sold tickets. So we're talking Fandango, we're talking Adam Tickets, and the like. AMC. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Are, are you saying that people want to go see superhero movies? Yeah, contrary to the belief. Oh, they do, huh? Well, you know, yeah. you know, critics, they, they, they're so smart. It seems like they they tell oh, yeah. us what to watch and they they predict what you know is going to do well and they they seem to know so many things. I don't how are they wrong? It's all that macro I don't dosing. Know. <gasps> all the macro dosing. Yeah, superhero fatigue. It must be why tickets are selling on eBay for ten thousand oh dollars. That God. must be the superhero fatigue at well, work. Also, if you're paying ten thousand dollars for, come on now, what's wrong with y'all? Also, yeah, maybe just wait a couple of days. Like who's <laughs> Human beings are hilarious. Human beings are really funny. They put it's purple really ropes funny. in front of them. People put 
people, human beings, put purple ropes up in strip clubs in the corner of it and then charge $2,700 for the same bottle of, of liquor I can get for $16 delivered to my house. But you yeah, know... Just, just <laughs> wait a couple days. Like, it's not going to get spoiled. Eventually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, this is insane. Like, I mean, I don't know of any other movie that's had ticket scalping like this. Is that a thing for like movie tickets oh it has happened i remember you know what's crazy it's actually happened uh back in the day during the first time the star wars was in the theater yeah i remember that okay calling it the star wars the star wars well you know what because it was uh, because the city seating was you know wasn't like it is now it's not really there weren't that many theaters and people were scalping we were so used to scalping at concerts that um i remember my dad saying we can't get in there you know the lines down. The line was down the wrapped around the the parking lot of the little small theater in Scottsboro, and it's like the DMV. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Some old boys over here saying, you know, fifty dollars. We don't have to go to this movie with you. We just sit in the car and wait on you. Pay fifty dollars, go in there and see it." And I don't think I don't think we, I know we all went to see it together. That's the only movie like Return of the Jedi when that came out was the only movie I think. I remember seeing as a kid, and we stood in line for that out in West on Westwood. Yeah, so I, I heard about that. They were they yeah, so people were scalping tickets for that. But I was yeah, just, I it's, was gonna, it's sorry. Go ahead, Ian. Oh, I was just gonna say. I think it was genius. Is that they had they just you know re- Captain Marvel was released what just like a month ago. Yeah, and now they're mm-hmm. doing Endgame so close, so it's so fresh. Yes. and and this is new character that you're gonna see. It's like. Strategically, I thought that I mean I think it's brilliant. Yes, and we've we've reached the the Marvel segment of our weekly podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, like I um, I'm, I'm reading this article. It's a screen capture from from the eBay website, and it's not even like tickets for like um, seeing the movie early or like a big fan of it. It's literally like 9 p.m. at Regal Majestic. So like. It's regular movie time selling for $5,000. I don't understand you people. I don't understand why y'all pay it's... more than, look, I know this is going to. Yeah, I look, Friday, April 26th, AMC, $15,000 in know, New Jersey. I know I'm an unwashed Philistine when I say stuff like this. And I know that y'all probably know by now that I'm just purity old redneck. But I take pride in the fact that I'm also not a fool. When y'all paying this kind of money for stuff, I'm just, I'm worried about y'all. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about y'all when y'all do this kind of stuff, see? Like, people who, like, want to tell me a $50 bottle of wine is better than, like, say, the $7 jug wine, Crane Lake, that I get. Please sponsor us. Crane Lake. I drink enough of your product. I could talk about uh, the notes, the tennis ball notes, and the wood, and the oakiness. I could talk about your wine like it's a fine wine. And y'all sell more of it. But I can get a big jug of it. Like, a, what is it, a two liter? I don't know math. I yeah, just know it's a jug. It's a big jug of wine. It lasts me several days. And it's popular. People are buying it because it's, o- it's always stocked. And we're in a bougie-ass neighborhood because yep. people know wine is bullshit. It's bullshit, y'all. You know it's bullshit. So why would you, why, why, why wouldn't you just torrent it? We talked about this last week. <laughs> why wouldn't you just torrent that shit? I mean, you might run afoul of the FBI. I am not encouraging pirating. Or, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I obey the law. I believe in obeying the law. I'm not a good liar. And also my karma is bad like that. Like, shit, well, if I try to, like, cheat on something, I have always gotten caught. So I've been honest for a long time because <laughs> it just comes to find me. I one time torrented funny people. And my next-door neighbor, because I was bother- bothering her, borrowing her Wi-Fi, she got a cease and desist from the FBI, and she didn't talk to me for four months. See, that was, that was awful. We lived in a small car- apartment complex, and I learned from then on out, you know, just obey the law. I, you know, I had known it from a kid, but, I, you know, and also it's funny people. It's a really embarrassing movie to get nailed on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, just... Wait a couple of days. Like this is this is this is kind of crazy. Um, no, and as soon as uh, yeah, crashing websites. People were in hour long wait times. Sometimes more. Yeah, people were on. Some people were on for like three hours, four hours, just trying to get a ticket to see this movie. 
and the the film broke pre-sale ticket records. We, Unfortunately, I can't find that exact number because for some reason that information isn't made public. We just know that it broke records, pre-sale records uh, previously held by Star Wars The Force Awakens. It's so um, crazy because I, mean, I went on my app. I downloaded the Arclight app. I found Beach Cities. Uh, we didn't. I was mad because the the day uh, the day before tickets, our seats had been purchased. Theater was empty except the two middle yeah. back are gone. I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. So we're just gonna go on the actual day, the 26th, and saw 8 a.m. I'm like, cool. You know, I don't want it to get spoiled for Ian. I already know what happens, so I, I don't want it to get spoiled <laughs> for him. So fine, we're gonna go at 8 a.m. on a Friday morning to see a movie. I'm just going to go in my drawers. I'm just going to be in my pajamas, which is basically <laughs> my drawers and a queen shirt. And I'm just going to roll in there in my bathroom and be like, sup, let's go. Let's get my end game on. You're going to see it before me because I'm uh, I'm trying to go with my, uh, well, we are going with my big friend group. And the only time we could all be available was 11 p.m. on a Saturday. I just, I, uh, I don't understand the hell that you're putting yourself through. Now, this is why I don't understand. <laughs> you're going to go mind. to a packed theater. You're just going to, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to see the movie. Better get there early. It's a parking. No, yeah. We're, yeah. We always, uh, we Take went to see Infinity War like 10 p.m. last year. Um, although, Funnily enough, there were more people waiting outside the actual theater to see Captain Marvel than there were Infinity War. So I can't imagine at this point what it's going to be at. Obviously, we're going to be there like literally an hour before. Uh, Maybe no one will show up because they're so tired of super movies and you'll, you'll superhero movies and you'll look out. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, uh, we'll be so tired no, of uh, fatigue. Uh, because my the, the city that I go to school isn't a, a big city, I wasn't worried about tickets selling out. Uh, I don't think tickets have sold out here um but then again my the the movie theater we have here has weird things about ticket sales because again people were standing in the theater for captain marvel so i don't do they have a soul like a sellout quota i don't know Mm. um do you guys have a signed seating no we don't have a signed seating which i I hate yeah i would be able to do that um no most of the theaters i go to don't have a signed seating we do have uh, do you guys know what Cinema Cafe is? You get to eat while you watch a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only place we get. Not here. There is no Cinema Cafe here. But back at home, that's the only place we can get, like, assigned seating. Yeah. Um, which, again, I hate because it's just, like, where I sit in the theater, it, like, completely, like, just changes my, yeah, <laughs> my experience. it does. Um, well, Ian gets motion sickness, so he could get irpy if we sit in the wrong place. Yeah, you don't want. I think you and I actually had to. We barely made it through District Nine or whatever it was called. What was that alien movie? South African director. District Nine. And District that, Nine. We saw, it was just like shaky yeah. can the entire time, and we were down front, third row, looking straight up. Both of us oh were God, like, "No." But I almost threw up in my purse. I was just like, <laughs> "I don't even." I'm not even really truly prone to yeah. motion sickness, but I was like, "Bitch, sup?" <laughs> so yeah, and if, if he's not having a good time. I'm not having a good time. It's like if I yeah, have exactly. to pee, he's over here like probably if I'm like letting him know how to pee, then he's like starts getting on his mind like she's got to pee, she's got to pee. Yeah. So I got to wear that uh, diaper in Endgame and wear that diaper. <laughs> yeah. And again, like people still turning up for a three hour long movie. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. No one will watch it if it's three hours long with a superhero in not. it. Apparently Critics not. are you so just smart. Have to... <laughs> I want that job. When um, well, because I think it's like uh like where the sound engineer sits when he's in the theater it's like the third to last row if you have like the terraced like balcony sort of setting in your theater mm-hmm. it, he usually sits or they usually sit third row back to mix the sound so that's where i usually try to sit and oh. most of the time i get good sound I um so you're right in the center tip. of all the yeah yeah um but yeah to just keep going on in this this crippling superhero fatigue um, theaters had are, are showing this film for every theater they have, and they still have the whole theater like just sold out for. I'm not saying every theater, but like major city theaters have their their time sold out for the entire weekend. So this is like really crazy. <laughs> uh, it's getting a little bit out of hand. Um, and all this to say, I can't wait to see the numbers. Yeah, and how that turns out. Yeah. Um, because what's uh, different this year as well is that um, 
the Chinese premiere is going to be the same weekend as the the American premiere, which it was not for Infinity War, so it didn't count uh, for the opening box office number last year. Interesting. Um, mm. So that's going to help as well. I've been like really getting into the numbers. I'm just really, really want this thing to beat Avatar once and for all. Yes, I want to stop hearing about um, the, and uh, I think the blue it has people a good movie. Chance. I'm so sick of hearing about the blue people movie. Um, I just am sick of it. I, I want it to be dethroned for if not, not uh, reason for that at all. In China, are they going to cut out the gay parts uh, where uh, Tony and Steve hook up, and then Bucky comes back and oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the threesome with with Tony Bucky. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah, I hope um, that. Or, or, oh, d- or oh like shit! Did I just spoil Captain that? Oh god, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to spoil that. Fucking Reddit. <laughs> Runt. Um, Should have said fucking Tumblr because that's where that shit comes from. Um, for okay, real. That's cool. I mean, like, you know, I hope this little movie works out. I hope these Russo kids, I hope they have a future. <laughs> I hope in your the little theater. movie works out. I hope for they you. do good. I wanna, I'm rooting for them. I'm also rooting for that raccoon movie and that poor dude who got fired and came back. I'm just rooting for everybody here. I want everybody to have a chance in the world to make their, to make their art. Maybe one day. Um, you know how like I get you to watch things and you get me to watch things. You get us to watch things. Yeah. I'm going to close out today with a pitch, if you will. Okay. To get Andre to watch Killing Eve. Have I, have I ever led you astray? Never. Now I know Mr. Robot is kind of, it's not Game of Thrones. It's a little bit hard. It's a little bit difficult, but it's its own thing and it's pretty awesome, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shit's Creek. You like Shit's Creek? Yes, definitely. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because I know that you're a person who has very limited time. You're trying to get your degree. You're composing things all the time. You're in orchestra. You have your performances. You know, you have to shuttle back and forth between home and school. You have your busy life. I would like to make a pitch for you to watch Killing Eve because. I think you will find it. I'm not going to give anything away. I will think you will find it interesting on many, many different levels from Mm -hmm. performance to the setting to the storyline to a lot of things that we all hold near and dear and why it is so beloved. I just will say that just Jodie Comer on her own, who doesn't get uh, nominated, didn't get nominated for anything in season one. You're all a bunch of idiots. Um, that's why awards are bullshit, even though I talk about them all the time. I'm just saying if you're handing these things out, you should hand them out to people like Jody. Sandra was very deserving of her Emmy. I get it. That's awesome. She's delightful. I love this chick. I love Sandra. I loved her a long time. Um, that is not an Asian joke. I'm just saying <laughs> just she would laugh at that. <laughs> she would be fine with that. She would be totally making that joke herself. Uh, but Jody is amazing in, in just the handling of this character and the way she, you know, the whole thing evolves is great. Season two is back. So when you're have some time, maybe even when you're here, mm-hmm. show you a little bit of it if you haven't watched it by then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really, really good. That's all I can say because I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want you to read anything about it. Just try the pilot out some point. Yeah. I think I have it on Prime. Commercial free. So you can you can see it. Because I feel yeah. like you would adore it. Totally. Um, so, yeah, that's back. And I'm gonna, uh, we're going to watch uh, the episode tonight. We're also going to be back. We keep saying we're going to talk about Shit's Creek. We're going to talk about Shit's Creek next week because I messed up and thought that the last episode, The Hike, was the season finale, but it's not. Next week, this Tuesday on Pop, again, I don't know what that is, um, is going to be the season finale. So we'll be back next week to talk about Shit's Creek. Cool. Yes. Also, yeah. one of our listeners, Angie, she said she was going to start watching Shit's Creek. I haven't heard back from her. I don't know if she's not f- she's unfriended me. I don't know what, <laughs> how it's going with her. I know she's she's also very very busy. But if Angie's seen it, I want to know what she has to say about it. But you know, it's beloved and wacky, and we're going to talk all all things Shit's Creek next week, either a standalone or a large part of the weekly podcast, right? Yes. So. And then and I'm we'll gonna, be back with Game of Thrones next week. Too. I know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And we'll oh. be doing standalone for that. I listened to our last uh, ep- uh, podcast, and I was telling you guys, 
just, I make myself cringe. I did sigh every time you played p- the piano. I was <laughs> reacting to you playing the piano, but I was also reacting to the, the way music uh, on that show makes me feel. But I did note that I sounded like someone's newly sober aunt at a baby shower. I just sounded like really emotional and weird. Uh, and now I'm very self-conscious about <laughs> getting emotional on the show. I cried in the last, how many times have I cried on this podcast? A dozen times. Only twice. I, had, I, I cried during the Hannah Gatsby it's authentically thing. authentically so. Queer Eye, yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to do it on purpose. I just was sent, I was listening to myself yesterday when I was like cooking food and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> such a silly bitch. But one thing that did make me cry, and I'm not going to cry talking about it, you're not going to make me cry, is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend uh, came to a, a conclusion and an ending. I would highly suggest if anybody hasn't seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend to start from the beginning and watch it all the way through. You can see a lot of the episodes on uh, YouTube. I think you can also see them on Hulu. And I think the CW app will let you see them. I'm not really sure if you can see all the seasons, but try all How those How many seasons? Places. Uh, it's been out for four seasons. Okay, so this four. Came to its own conclusion. They allowed um, uh, Rachel to to do her show and, and, and to put it out there. And I, I was not expecting to be this emotional when it wrapped up. I watched it last night. I watched the final episode, not before last, watched the final episode and then the hour-long live special that they did uh, that aired on the, on the CW, now you can see. And I didn't realize, I mean, I knew everybody in the show can sing and dance, but I didn't really realize just how good they were. And when you see them live, you see just how fucking good this cast is. Uh, from Rachel to everyone, all of these people or out there just it's wonderful especially if you're into musicals if you're into broadway and even if you aren't it's almost like the anti-musical musical show um oh. like if glee i'll stop there i don't want to offend anybody who watched glee um <laughs> so it's really and it talks about borderline uh, personality disorder it talks about depression it talks about a lot of the mental health issues while also being funny and, and it's also sort of talking about this one woman's journey and also recognizes that it's very self-serving. Uh, I've never seen a show that's glorified West Covina. I've never seen a show that's actually uh, written songs about, you know, city council meetings and period sex and the sexy getting ready song about, you know, like, you know uh, the chafing and the burning that goes on when you're trying to rid your uh, body of hair before a date. Um, and just all kinds of funny things. But my, probably my favorite song on the show is I Get By, and it's about, um, is, it, it's, is his name Daryl Whitefeather? Uh, he's, he's a bisexual on the show, and um, he does this hilarious 80s send-up of, of getting by about being bisexual. It's pretty hilarious. Nice. There's just some really great songs on it, and I find it to be a joy and a treat. And to see all of these characters kind of go on their journeys. The songs are, they're really clever. I love that there's the one girl on the show um, who's always like, oh my God, you guys, I hate all of you. Like, you all suck. And then she has her own song. Like, I'm not going to sing a song. And then she starts going into the song. It's just hilarious. <laughs> um, and then I didn't realize how, how I didn't realize that the, the chick who plays Paula I didn't understand just how good she was. She's great on the show, but to hear her sing live, she is a powerhouse singer. So I encourage you guys, if you have not seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it's all out there now. It's all done, and you can take it in and have a good time and go on the roller coaster. And it's just, it's every single show, I find myself being lifted by it. So, yeah. There's a show out there for everyone. So go watch it but please go watch killing eve andre please watch it please got it (laughs) and also if anybody can find the four uh, episodes of gotham of the latest season (laughs) you can just tell me where those are just tell me just tell me where they are i don't want to break i just realized i just realized the other day that uh the weekend of april 25th is going to be a like a fucking mess for me because I have Endgame, the episode I think three of Game of Thrones is on, and yeah. that's the Battle of Winterfell, so that's gonna be crazy. Right. Series finale of Gotham is also the same weekend, so I'm just gonna be like hit left and right. <coughs> Excuse me, hit left and right with all of this stuff. So I think you should just tell your roommates right now. You should just tell them that you're gonna be bedridden. 
Oh yeah. Should tell uh, by your Sunday, perf- I'm just like because yeah. I'm gonna be getting out of the theater at like 3 a.m. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'll just be like bedridden <laughs> right. for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll just be. You'll yeah. just be in your. You'll get the vapors, and you'll be in your room on your fainting couch with the vapors from too much, and then you'll be the one crying on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get Andre to cry on the podcast 2019. <laughs> I Follow am. the hashtag. Either it's one a new of social you. media campaign. I just want either one of you to cry on the podcast other than me. Just one time. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to share and talk about? You got anything, Ian? I'm good. Nothing? Okay. Well, I'll let you guys go. Uh, remember to follow us on uh, social media. If you'd like, please do. Uh, we're Ashland Podcast on Twitter, on Facebook, on what's the other thing we do? Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. Come and join and like things. Also, rate the podcast. We'd like for you to rate it. Don't give it one star. Don't do that. Don't be that jerk. Don't, don't be, be a some, Don't be a boob in their neighbor and give <laughs> us a two-star rating. I mean, he could have given us one. So thank you for the two stars, sir or ma'am or they. So thank you so much for uh, for listening. So do rate us. Give us a, go on iTunes. Go at the bottom. Give us a rating. Do it there if you want to. Write a little review. Something pleasant about how much I cry on the podcast. No, don't, don't mention that. That's that's embarrassing for everyone. <laughs> uh, but listen, like we love uh, we love that you guys are listening and the people who have been listening and rating, and just sharing it and just giving us feedback. It's been so fun. I love talking to you guys. Um, I just see how many of you are enjoying it, and I, we really, all of us appreciate that. We really, really do. So thank you for being there for us and coming back again and again and again. Let us know if there's something that you want us to watch or share or whatever. If you have anything you want to promote, you feel very heartfelt about it, let us know. You can do that by going to our Facebook. You can do it on Twitter. You can do it on Instagram, uh, these direct messaging ways. You can do that. Then you can also email us at ashlandpodcast at gmail. Dot com. I did not want to spring for the actual email that officially went with the website. I didn't want to pay for that. Or I could set it up. I just haven't. I probably should set that up. But right now, it's ashenpodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify. But a lot of people just go to ashenpodcast.com, little mobile app on your phone. You just click it right there. It's always free. It's always free. We'll always be free. Uh, and thank you guys for listening and coming back we'll see you very soon when i am sure that andre will have watched all of killing eve and he'll be a hot mess and he'll cry on the <laughs> podcast in 2019.com right we'll see we'll see all right see you guys bye bye <laughs> <laughs>